Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. I'm Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We've been looking at what I'm referred to as the Lord's Week, the final day of the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth and the multitude of details that the Scripture gives us related to it, uh, particularly in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We don't have time to go through all of them. We could take time, but it would sort of defeat the purpose. I want us to see the big picture of what's occurring here just in the sequencing of things. And so uh, we're up to uh, the 11th day of Nisan, which is Sunday, the Sunday before the Lord Jesus Christ was killed. Now remember, the Hebrew day begins at sunset and goes to sunset. So you have evening, or you have night first, and then you have daylight. And so there's various things that occur on this thing. In John 12 and John 13, you'll see where it says, and on the next day, that's an important timing thing. Anytime you see things like that, pay attention to it, because it gives us insight what's happening. This is what we often refer to as the quote-unquote triumphant entry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's really a misnomer, because uh, this is the uh, the entry into Jerusalem that was prophesied actually over in Zechariah 9.9. Okay, we're going to see it quoted in uh, the Gospels here in just a moment. Jesus comes triumphantly later. He hasn't come triumphantly yet. But I know why people call it triumphant because that's the way that the people were receiving it. They were waving palm branches and doing all this. But I tell you what, folks, I really think we do a disservice uh, to the Word of God, to the kingdom of God. We do a disservice to people who are not believers when we simply don't rightly and correctly and accurately handle the Word of Truth. And I'm talking about even terminologies and things like that. Uh, you know, even the, the, the name Easter is, is a problem, uh, the triumphant entry, that type of stuff. And we major on these little minor things, and they become major things. Does that make sense? So anyway, this, that's what's being spoken of right here. So let me jump over the scripture. I think the one I'm going to use is out of Luke. And it says this, Luke chapter 9, verse 29. Again, all the Gospels give us insight to this story. Uh, when he, that's Jesus, approached Bethphage and Bethany near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There as you enter, you will find a coat tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. And uh, folks, just a little thing here. That, there's so much in there because uh, the disciples are seeing and it's being revealed that the Lord knows everything. And when even when he was here on earth, Father would grant things unto him. He was totally human and totally God. Okay, But he would grant insight into things like this. So he knew the coat was there. Also, whoever the coat's owner was, was being prepared. Because when Jesus said, just tell him the Lord needs it, he knew what was being said. He may not have understood, but he knew. Now, verse 32. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> you find things exactly the way that Jesus told you they to be. Okay, Verse 33. As they were untying the coat, his owners said to them, why are you untying the coat? And that's interesting because the owners are plural. I wonder what that is. Maybe a husband and wife type of thing. And they said, the Lord has need of it. Verse 35, they brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on the coat and put Jesus on it. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. 
as soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. Notice why they were doing it. They were doing it because of all the miracles that they had seen. There would be some that would see the miracles and would believe, but would, really, would not believe unto salvation and believe unto righteousness. It was a false profession of belief. But there were many who truly did believe. And here's what they were shouting, verse 38. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So that's the uh, quote right out of Zechariah. Okay? They were literally fulfilling the prophecy at that point in time. Verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Again, there you see those religionists. Now let me tell you, the Pharisees get a bad rap because of the way that we see them, the way they acted here, um, and, and as they should. But they were not totally, inherently evil in all ways. Okay? Uh, so that's, that's the thing that we have to be careful about because you'll see Pharisees actually get saved later on. Uh, Paul was a Pharisee, for instance. But at this time, they're saying, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Verse 40. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. Well, you know that went over well, right? Verse 41. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace. But now they've been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. You know, the Lord comes in on what we call the triumphant entry. And so often we sing great, great songs about it. And that's fine. That's wonderful. But we don't pay attention to what the Lord said. And he spoke forth what was going to happen to them in the future. He says, because you have not given heed, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. And he's speaking to the Jews. Because of this, this city is going to be leveled. Your children are going to be killed. There's not going to be one stone left upon another. That literally happened. Um, it was all totally said and done within the next hundred years. Okay, He proclaimed that over them. Then verse 45 says this, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling, saying to them, it is written, and my house shall be a house of prayer, but you made it a robber's den. And when you look at the gospels, you find out that Jesus actually entered in and drove out the sellers twice. He did it at the beginning of his ministry, and he did it at the end of his ministry. In Mark's account of this, Mark simply says, he came into the temple, and he looked around, and he left. <laughs> he looked around. Mark didn't make a big deal out of it, but Mark is always very succinct and leaves the details out. Luke is the one that sits there and gives you the details in chronological order, right? So he went out. He enters the temple, looks around, overturns the table according to Luke, then he returns to Bethany. Again, like I said earlier, he comes into Jerusalem, then he goes out and stays in Bethany. He comes into Jerusalem, he goes out and he stays in Bethany. He comes into Jerusalem. So he came in. Uh, Luke gives us a little insight right here at the end of the 19th chapter. He says, And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priests and the scribes and the leading men among the people were trying to destroy him. 
and they could not find anything that they might do for all the people were hanging on to every word he said. He would come in and he just wasn't ducking in and ducking out. He was coming in and he was proclaiming the kingdom of God and he was teaching the truth. Listen to what it said about this over in John 12, uh, verse 18. For this reason also the people went and met him because they'd heard that he had performed signs. So the Pharisees said to one another, so this is Pharisees talking to one another, you see that you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. They were furious because the world was going after him. This is the 11th day of the sun. This is the Sunday before the Lord Jesus Christ is crucified. He comes into Jerusalem. He goes, he proclaims what's going to happen to them. It just basically saying, oh, that you would have turned to me, but you have now ignored your time of visitation. He literally weeps over the city. He enters into the temple. He overturns the table. He leaves from there. He's teaching as he goes along day in and day out. He knew what was coming. The disciples thought that the kingdom was coming. And as a matter of fact, one of the gospels says that uh, it was only after he was resurrected and they were reflecting back on these times that they began to understand what happened. This is what the Lord did for me and you. Rejoice in it. Uh, give thanks. Honor him. Worship him. I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.